September 16th, 1978. Cats make better pets, but you need a dog for protection. I hate to see a grown man cry. If you've been working in the lab late one night and your eyes beheld an eerie sight, you may be entitled to compensation. Today's episode is sponsored by Monster Mash Adjusters, LLC, the only legal company that will protect you from seeing a Frankenstein. Monster Mash... That's a really bold statement to make. How many others will protect you from seeing Frankenstein? But I mean, like, to to guarantee mm-hmm. 100% of the time mm-hmm. that you will protect your clients from seeing a Frankenstein. Well, we will provide compensation. We will provide compensation if they have seen a Frankenstein. If Okay, but you said that we'll protect you from seeing a Frankenstein. That um, implies... Well, one thing I didn't say prevent you from seeing a Frankenstein... You, and you, so, okay, you said protect, so I'm guessing that there's like an element of sort of monetary. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, like, the, the monetary element is the protection in yes. the sense that, in the unlikely event of you seeing a Frankenstein, then then you'll, then you'll get some, some kind of recompense of will kick oh, in. Oh no, because then what if you get Frankenstein's making a Frankenstein to say yeah, I've beheld a Frankenstein? That's what would happen. Like, people... or, or you'd get like people lining up to see a Frankenstein. Right. Like, get a little stamp, given, like, saying, I saw the Frankenstein, and then you'd, like, show it to your adjuster. Given a lot of Scooby-Doo is both property fraud and, I think, insurance fraud, mm. like, this place is haunted, so let's get it on the insurance, we've invented a sort of reverse Scooby scenario, a sort of... <laughs> you Where it's, it's, it's not old man yeah where it's it's actually a frankenstein making a monster and then going i was unsettled by seeing this i will well a frankenstein right Mm. like just sets up shop Mm. this is a doctor frankenstein oh no i'm talking about a monster a frankenstein because that's everyone knows that's Woke what it students is. now saying Frankenstein's monster was innocent and Frankenstein was the monster himself, says the sun, <laughs> exhibiting the was sort that of... a real thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now woke students are saying, yeah, yeah. But like some of the people who did journalism must have done some kind of English literature at some point. Possibly, but. If How you work you for the that? sun, I suspect you don't give a shit. You don't give a shit, yeah. And no, that's like you're <laughs> sociopaths all around. You're um, just bad. Yeah. Um, so yes. anyway, right? A, a Frankenstein, right? Mm-hmm. Sets up shop. Mm-hmm. I'm just increasing to, to my commit- knitting counter because I'm making a sock. Oh, just very quickly, should we get it out of the way that this is? I don't like Mondays. It's a husband and wife Garfield podcast, totally unedited. We're reviewing Garfield anyway. That's out. No, of but the way. we're doing the ads first. Well, I know, but we'll just get it sorted. No, cause no, I want, cause... Yeah, but I want to explore this Frankenstein issue. I'm okay. Cat, he's Guy. There we go. Out of the way. <laughs> um, right. Um, so, a Frankenstein... The fact that your knitting added a real additional sense of authority <laughs> and, like, come on now, we don't have time come for this. On, come on now. To, to that. I am. Which I'm, I knitting, I'm knitting a lovely sock, like a what's, rainbow what's sock. Okay, uh, that's she's, fine. She's sort of exploring a plastic bag. Yeah. But in a way that she's not chewing it. So if so a Frankenstein okay. sets up shop. Right, well, yeah, but what the Frankenstein could do mm. is it could set up shop. <laughs> Raise this, fla- this flap to glimpse yeah, my to, threatening to glimpse, visage. To glimpse the Frankenstein. Or the Frankenstein could do like a kind of, you know, the setup of those um, haunted houses, particularly in America, where they have like a kind of camera flash at the same time as. Do you remember that series of pictures that was on the internet where one of the rooms, it looked like there was a, a car coming to, towards the people mm. there? Um, and it was like a jump scare, and they had the headlights of the car go off at the same time as a camera flash that took a picture of everyone. So this wonderful picture of people going, ah, like clinging onto each other and all the rest of it. It's like that, um, 
a Frankenstein sets it up. You know that's exactly what's going to happen, but you're not quite sure when the Frankenstein is going to appear. Mm. Um, but, you know, with full consent, so the Frankenstein is like, right, at some point in the next minute, uh, I'm going to draw the curtain and take a picture of you. Um, and, and then we'll not only have evidence of you seeing the Frankenstein, but we'll also have evidence of the emotional harm that you can then send to your insurance so you, I, company. No, without... and, and, and once you've got the money, you know, the Frankenstein gets a, Frankenstein. Cut, gets a cut. Now, as, as the proprietor of this... I well, thought you were sponsoring well, no, it. So, no, I thought the organisation was... Are you saying that this is your business? Because that is a, a huge a conflict, conflict of, of interest. interest. Well, speaking so. of conflict of interest, you're the one that's trying to find a... So, first of all, the organisation is a legal practice that will provide sort of... <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's LLP. Like, um, oh, right, okay. And, and so they will... I thought it was an insurance adjuster. I feel like the waters have been muddy. Do not put your little foot in my glass of water, oh, please, Kim. She so badly. Um... She knocked a big full glass of water all so, over my keyboard last night when I was playing D&D because she put her foot Oh, in yes, it. I saw that. She literally put her no, foot in Do not it. put your little face in my glass of water, please, Kim. Forbidden waters. So I was going for, like, maybe a legal firm that would represent you in court so you yeah. could sue such as whoever runs the lab that you're working in late one night yeah. and then you, you behold an eerie sight. Yeah. But equally, if it is an insurance company where you can insure against seeing a Frankenstein, yeah. like... Step one of being an insurance adjuster would be to say, did you go to that Frankenstein down the street where you lift a flap, <laughs> he takes a picture of you seeing him, you then raise a claim and you split the I money with him. I guess if you say no, that would be fraud. That would, well, I think it's fraud anyway. <laughs> I, I, like, I think if you've, if you've been to see that fraudulent Frankenstein... But he's not a fraudulent Frankenstein because he is a Frankenstein. Yes, but he's encouraging fraud. Like, he's a Frankenstein that he's encourages enterprising fraud. Frankenstein. I, I just feel right. like that would be... It, it's a little okay. bit like knowingly burning your house all down right, all in right. order let's, to claim Let's park that for a second. I want to revisit um, working in the lab late one night mm. and then seeing... What is it? A frightful sight? My, my eyes beheld an eerie an sight. An eerie sight. That, that is not, I believe, qualified. So it could be a Frankenstein. It could be something else. But we yes. don't know. No. Oh, roof my mouth. Not from the yeah. from the bone marrow. Yeah, well, that, that's a suitably it. spooky thing Probably to burn not. the roof of your mouth with. Is that bleeding? Probably oh. not. Oh no, it's a flap. Oh. But don't don't. You're literally flapping your gums. Oh, How nightmarish! No. So burn the roof of my mouth. Over. Okay. It's horrible. Anyway, well then, yeah, this, this company will sight. will insure against, or will depending on whether it's a legal firm or an insurer's. Or we'll go to court with you on a sort of no win no fee basis. Right, but what are we defining as an eerie sight? I mean, it depends, doesn't it? Could it be a Frankenstein? I think an eerie sight would be a Frankenstein. Hello, Yuna. I think a lot of nasty bats with all big fangs. Right. That'd be pretty pretty eerie. Okay. Um, some sort of wailing creature, like a banshee of some description. Yuna, you are going to unplug something quite vital, and I'm not going to be delighted by it. You, you do spark joy. Yuna is a kitten. She is, what, four months old? Five months She's old? She's about four months old, and she and is an she absolute is menace. bigger than before, but also everywhere somehow. Um, she's managed to unplug a very key bit of my computer once, which was good. Um, and she's now just got a look of generalised mischief oh, about she's her. she's got real menace, mischief. Real menace. A real menace. Um, would an eerie sight include a Dracula? I think Dracula's... Uh, well, right, so this is a question. Exactly. So, right, to litigate this, mm. a Dracula at a, a ball mm. or an establishment, you know, sort of 
occasion. His bowels in good working order. His bowels thanks, in excellent working order. Thanks, thanks to, to Don't, don't, Cacula, don't Cacula, the number one anti-diarrhea relief medication. by nine out of ten Igors. Mm-hmm. Um, right, if he... Right, he's a, 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 a you know, a, a do in full evening dress. In full evening dress. Unshat. Just, just, you know, mingling with the other patrons of the arts. Yep. Is that an eerie sight? It is a, it is a Dracula, but I was going just to say going about if, his business. if like if he's expected to be there, which I imagine he would be because he's been invited. Otherwise, how would he get in? Mm. Then do not pick at the inside of your mouth it's while flapping. we're podcasting. Oh no! Look, some skin just came off. Ugh. Imagine if you Sorry. were listening to a podcast <laughs> and you heard this. <laughs> Well, Thank are you. you. Sure. Where's the bongella? It is upstairs. Is it? Yeah, I'll put some more bongella. Um, well, in there, like in anyway, if, yeah. if you're at the sort of soiree where a Dracula is a frequent attendee, yeah, then that may not be an eerie sight. If you're a member of staff, like you're, you're just, you know, agency bar staff, you're brought in. You didn't necessarily know that this would be a party with such draculosity. With a Dracula, that might be an eerie sight, and I think that would, you know. That so would be deserved workplace compensation because you know. You you... But it, but as far as you're concerned, this is just a gentleman in evening dress, kind of swigging from a silver goblet and chatting amiably and charismatically with his peers. Well, it depends on what kind of party because like evening dress and silver goblet can fit in like a luxury hotel or like a manor yeah, or something. Like, I'm, I'm thinking... if, it's, if it's somebody's back garden, there's a bouncy castle, there's a barbecue <laughs> with a couple of like that would Fisher be an eerie sight. Yeah. And then there's this ethereally beautiful man, a strange sort of moonlit glow emanating oh, from him. I mean, to be fair, I did I did specify at the start of this scenario i think it is like a kind of you know an establishment occasion like picture you know the great and the good right like, you know some some politicians there some local dignitaries some luminaries you know some some sort of patrons of the arts right like dracula has been you know supporting new writing mm. that's very important <laughs> yeah Come to the, the the new yeah. dracula studio does, at the national theater yeah does the fact that there is a dracula in the room constitute an eerie sight well, would, how I, I, I'm assuming I, I think this would probably have to be litigated in the court. Well, this is why there is a legal practice that oh, that, specializes is, that is founded in... on this. Yeah, maybe. But there... surely the law would would be you know it is possible to receive compensation from observing an eerie sight. Well, I have a and question. Then, is... And then the the you know the legal firm would litigate it. Is in, being in the a courts? Dracula a protected characteristic? Under the Equality Act. <laughs> I don't like, think if, it is. <laughs> if you're at work and somebody's all, I don't want to sit next to you, you're a Dracula. Can you go to HR and be like, look, this is a protected characteristic. I can't help that I'm a Dracula. I, this feels a little know. bit like we're talking about Baldur's Gate 3, it but we're not. Bit, yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, I, oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, as far as I understand... Well, actually, I do know. Under the current legislation, no, it is not. No, it's not. Well, no. maybe that's a gap in the Equality Act. Because there's, there's countless vampire stories where vampires are turned maybe against their will. They're not into that life. I think they get also bye-bye. Terry Pratchett litigated this mm. on several occasions. What was the name of the zombie? That um, Was it Ron? I've not Something read like that. that like, I mean, I've read a bunch of Pratchett, but there was a, a zombie who was all for like undead rights. There was a humble bundle, a humble bundle, humble, humble. of most like I think 
all of them bar two. Yeah, no, I'm not. Listen, let me finish. My God, Um, of all of bar like two or three Pratchett books, but a it was only in America, and Mm. b it was for like Kobo rather than Kindle. Mm. And I'd be bang up for just getting all of them and plowing through because I've read. The ones that we've got in the house, apart from like one of the newer ones, yeah, but I've and they, sort of, they are in a sorry condition. I've, as well. I've read them piecemeal, like yeah. I've read just like a, one of these books, one of these books, yeah. rather than like I've read the first one, but rather yeah. than like going through the whole thing. So I'm not Have sure. You read Moving Pictures? I, I don't know. I was about to say That's I'm the not one sure. With, um, Moving Hollywood, Pictures, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure which of the Pratchett's I've read. And which You've definitely I read Witches Abroad. I'm yes. sure of it. I've made you read. Well, that, I've, that's I've, one of my I've read books. some of the Witchy ones. I've read some of the yeah. uh, City Watch the wizards. ones. I've read a couple. Rinswind. I've read a couple of Wizards ones. I was the Fifth um, Continent is very good. I was on the tube. This was like a decade ago. I was reading. I want to say the Color of Magic. I've told you this. Mm. Um, and a lady sat next to me, and I was laughing. And she said, "What are you laughing at?" And my immediate response was, like, "Oh yeah, what are you laughing?" At? I was like, "Oh God, you're talking to me on the tube." Oh, why is this? And then it was one of those brilliant Pratchett's where the cover is that. Um, oh, is it Paul? The the painting of like barbarians and like lasses yeah, in bikinis yeah. and all muscles and everything yeah. like that. And I had to explain, you know, it's like a fancy book, but it's not a fancy book. Blah blah blah. But then we got off at the same tube oh, platform gosh. and headed in the same direction. Oh, I was like, oh, I can't ghost, say anything, and I can't like speed up. I like I th- I think I just yeah like made made some distance between the two. Not ghastly because oh no, someone's talking to me, but more the worry of. I don't want this person to think that because she spoke to me, I'm now following her home. And so I just sort of, like, hung back a bunch um, in the hopes that eventually we'd split off. Fair um, So, like I say, uh, this episode I think of... she was hoping for a come on. What do you reckon? Probably, yeah. There was definitely, and again, 10 or 12 years ago, uh, definitely somebody on the tube who was properly making eyes at me in, a, like, a big old smiley sort of way, and I... I Oh, what was that face for? I'm a handsome man. You I'm are. a desirable. No, no, you are. Bachelor. That's that's not what I was making the face for. I was doing, I was making the face at the prospect of someone sitting and going. Well, that, that like, would they be were, horrible. They oh, weren't no. actively gurning. There was just a couple of looks <laughs> and a smile. Imagine, imagine. Like they just get out the horse, horse collar, horse yeah. collar, and like lower lip, just slowly, <laughs> seductively raising its leg above the teeth. nostrils. <laughs> I tell you what, that'd work for me though. Like, listen. <laughs> I'm supposed to be going home. My wife will understand. Do you want a drink? My place or yours? Uh, Sorry, yeah. darling, I'm not coming home. I've met a champion gurner. And you don't turn down one of these opportunities. Yes. Um, where was I going with that? Yes, yeah, so today's know. episode of I Don't Like Mondays, the internet's favourite husband and wife unedited Garfield podcast, is sponsored by Monster Mash Protection, LLC. If you've been working in the lab late one night and your eyes beheld an eerie sight, give us a call. Uh, now we do the intro music. That's just Seinfeld crossed with... What's his name? That's an ape. I don't like God. Doing... Yeah, doing... What's his name? Tom Waits. Tom Waits. An ape doing Tom Waits. Lasagna in here. What's he eating in there? What's he eating in there? No, seriously. know what the hell are you doing? I don't know. Um, She's trying to get up onto the back of your chair. She yes, there's um there's a little lumbar pump, which is pleasing to say a lumbar pump, lumbar uh, which pump. is basically an orb that she swats at because oh, she so is funny. terrible. Uh, so yes, this is a Garfield podcast where we review every single episode of the popular comic strip, the syndicated cat-based, humorous, multi-panelled illustrative art project by Jim Davis, issue by issue. 
we're currently oh, still in 1978. This is episode 90. Is it? Last episode, I mistakenly called it throughout episode 88, but it was episode 89. I think at some point we're going to have to like fast forward a year or two. Nope. No? Nope. Don't, oh, no. No. Okay. We must... We will hand this down. Mm. Um, Until death do us blood. Like that. It was our idea. It wasn't our idea first. It wasn't our idea first. No, I think it was the guys who... Didn't they do, like, the worst idea in the world or something? With Guy Montgomery? They watched Sex in the City every... Was it Guy Montgomery? Something like that, No, Tim Montgomery. It was Guy... Guy someone. I think so. Anyway. Anyway. Welcome to Offensive Accents. My name's Guy. Offensive Accents? Offensive Accent. Good. I love New Zealand accents. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really we, should nice go to, we should go to New Zealand and I'd love to go to New Zealand. Visit your I want to go to Australia. Pirate relatives. I don't have pirate relatives. You do. The relatives of the pirate. They're in Tonga. That's near. Oh, they're very, if, very distant. Relatives. If we're in if we're in New Zealand, that's a lot closer. It's a lot closer to Pacific than Islands. If true. we're in Putney. That's true. I've, I, like that's why I'm not saying like I don't think they're did we discuss my um, exciting relative on the podcast? I think we... If we didn't, yeah. if we didn't, listeners, let us know. And I'll explain to you why Catherine isn't... What was that? That was Una. an ominous thump down the stairs. <clears throat> I mean, wouldn't it be strange if she answered? Do you want me to get up and have a peek? Yeah. Um, keep talking to that red tube, please. Yeah. Red tube. The red tube. It's like having a clown nose right in my face. What was it? Uh, it was a... Small pair of nail clippers that oh, had been good. bapped off and had fallen down the oh. stairs. Um, kittens, man. Kittens, man. Yes, exciting relatives. There's been another delay in recording these episodes. Um, oh, yeah, for And a that's of because. Uh, well, number one, my parents were visiting. Oh, yes, your parents were um, visiting. So we. What was that? Well, you keep talking and oh. I'll find out what that was. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, number one, my parents were visiting, so we didn't have a chance to record. And number two, uh, last weekend. I was sick as a dog. Uh, literally, um, yeah, I had terrible food poisoning. Um, so don't eat Marks and Spencer's prawn sandwiches, people. Because... Unless you'd like to. Well, I mean, yeah, you can, but yeah. Mm. Is that an anti-sponsorship? Possibly. We'll, just... we'll keep telling people that Marks and Spencer's will give you a watery bum until they pay horrible. us. It was horrible. That's the really, opposite really of how that works. I was really You Ill. were very, like, yeah. you were... You were done in for several days. And then, and then a couple of days later, you went to karate and then went for a run and then went to the gym. And the day after that, you were like, why am I tired? <laughs> well, it's, it's because you've hoofed out every calorie in your body out of one of your orifices or both. Two of them, yeah. And then you both. exercised for three days. Oh, why am I so tired? Mm. Well, it's because the only thing that you ate in three days was something near a like yakult and a, a, a corner yeah. of a Jacob's yeah. cracker. No wonder you're tired. Yeah, it was pretty grim. I do not like food poisoning at all. And I don't think the listeners would have enjoyed a podcast where you wear a clip-on microphone and sit hugging the toilet yeah, while I sit downstairs and we try and... Although that... No, no, no. that probably wouldn't work. No, I don't think it would. No. Um, so what else has... Apart from evacuations, what else have you been up to, Catherine? Um, yeah, I did some karate. That was nice. Been to the gym a bit. That was nice. I went to the gym twice in a row. Did, you did? Woke up well the next done. morning thinking about going to the gym, but then thought that my kidneys were exploding. <laughs> and it was only a moment later that I realised, oh no, I was exercising my obliques yesterday, which I haven't done Your for about two and a half obliques. months, uh, which is why it feels like my kidneys are going to become sentient yes. at any given moment. Uh, we had a very nice trip to Sheen today. We went charity shop shopping. Yeah, we went to the charity shops because I need to get some... Um, 
bits and pieces for a LARP that I'm crewing. Bits and pieces for the post-apocalyptic LARP. So I found some like absolutely hideous clothes that I can um, sort of modify and uh, you know faff about with. Um, so that was good. We also got a new record, and we got I a new found record, yeah. a 1980s Vogue knitting book for like three quid. I think it would have been better if it was a 1980s Vogue knitting book, and mm. it was like put your needle somewhere. Yeah, possibly knit some pearl an amount. Yeah, because like you know, it doesn't go hugely out of fashion. Not knitwear. Uh, yeah. No, that's true. You know, can so... you can you knit up a bit? Because when you bring your, your chin down like this, it swallows your voice a bit. And so if you knit, not into the microphone, although that's probably up for... That's, could knit into the microphone. Somebody would probably like that, wouldn't they? What, knitting into the microphone? Knit, it's like an ASMR, but for wool. Yeah. It does make a nice noise. Hang on Clink. a minute. I'm oh, oh. Click, click the needle. Welcome to this. the Knitcast. It's a good noise. It is, there we it's a go. good noise. It's a good noise. It's very good noise. Patreon exclusive. Yeah, knitting into a microphone. Mind you, that's, that's the mime cast, isn't it? I still haven't put up when I went to the West End and somebody did a genuinely brilliant juggling act just for me, Tom Crosby, and my microphone. Have you still not put that on the internet? No, that's partly because at one point he intentionally drops a club and what I'll need to do is scrub through the audio to make sure that people who are listening... Because sometimes people listen to Mimecast with the volume up to really hear the shuffles. I don't want them to suddenly get the sound of a um, juggling club hitting the... I don't! What? Do you know what? I feel like if you're listening to that podcast, turning the sound up to get all of the shuffling, hmm. you're, you're kind okay. of... You're, Okay, two things. One, if a person's listening with headphones and suddenly there's a very loud bang, that sucks and is unfair. Two, if somebody's listening to it driving I think, and there's a big yeah, loud that's bang. Yeah, that's fair. That's the thing dangerous. is, I think... I think that you're so you're 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 giving with one hand and taking away with the other. You're giving an essentially unlistenable listening experience, but it's you're not simu- unlistenable. But Some you're people. simultaneously attempting to make it more palatable as to the ear, listenable as possible. Yeah. yeah. Some, it, you some you see the, con- the, the inherent contradiction in those two objectives. No, there's, there's a difference between unlistenable and pointless. It's pointless, oh, I see. but you can listen to it. Right. Unlistenable would be like high volume screeching or just the brown or note. Or car... Um, uh, love honk. Love honk, Thank yes. you to the person who uh, linked that on our Patreon. I can't remember who it was and I'm uh, bad because I didn't oh, check. Oh, it was so good. Um, but yeah, like unlistenable would be like quiet muffled noises and then suddenly a loud bang and that would be unfair to the yeah, people that's, who that's... were listening whereas pointless is what mimecast is because it is the sound of a man shuffling around to a microphone for a bit and there's there is an important difference there in the same way that like this is a silly podcast i'll be one of the first to admit but if midway through i just clanged two saucepans together directly into the microphone that wouldn't be kind that would be really shitty yeah. which which is why i need to okay, you've, find you've that audio okay you've talked me round you've I, talked me round i am intermittently somewhat sensible i am i mean hey when i need to be i can stow away my nonsense and then like let it out at a later point often at you when I walk That's up true. the stairs and fart on every other step. <laughs> and you laugh so much, you weep. That was very funny. That uh, was real good. It was real good. Yeah. So, yeah. on our visit to Sheen, yeah. first of all, we sat um, just behind the stairs at the top deck of the bus, which I think is one of the more choice seats, yeah. and then moved to the front of the yeah, double yeah, deck the of the bus. Yeah, the front of the bus was vacated. Magical. 
the we best, had a look around the a garden centre. Best plant in the garden centre for you, Catherine? Um, I saw one of those lovely, big, glossy indoor house plants, um, and my grandma had one, and I touched the leaves and thought of being in her house. And it that was, was nice. a grandma's house plant. Thank you for for illustrating what was quite a poignant moment for me with a mouth trumpet. Yes. Did you have to play the recorder as a child? Yes. Wasn't it horrid? There was also a bucket. Did of you have to play a, yeah, a communal the recorder? They were disgusting. I, don't know I if cannot it, believe we had to do that. I don't know if it was what, like my recorder or one of the communal recorders where somebody had clearly like involved chewing gum with the oh. recorder. Oh. And so the, the mouth bit was a bit chewed oh. and a bit gross. We had to learn a piece of piano music for a music lesson. I'm... I, Excuse me, I don't have a musical bone in my body. Like, every time I've had a singing lesson, I've burst into tears. Yeah, no. I am... You know, is, is chewing... she chewing it, or is she just... I think she was sort of nosing it. What's she doing? Right. Um, if you see her chewing it, can you let me know and I'll spray it with well, the... Well, I'm going to, because they're, bitter, they're my expensive headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which now seem to be Catherine's Dungeons & Dragons headphones. Um, yeah, crying every time I have a music lesson. Or, sing, oh, or singing love. lesson, rather. And then we had to learn something for piano for a music lesson. And I learned the first few bits of Roll Out the Barrel. And I must have been 12, 11, 12. And I'm fairly sure when I was like, Guy, now it's your turn. It's like, well, here's something that you might all find a bit familiar. Because I presumably thought that everybody was a blitz urchin. Who was what? like, uh, who would know that? Roll out the barrel, we'll have a barrel of fun. Zing, boom, ter- uh No. No, no, no and, and so what that. I made my way through was just. <laughs> um, I think I just sort of walked off. And this is one that I think you'll all know. I know, I do deserve to be bored. What's that? It's nothing. Oh, right. It's just oh, nothing. wow. I don't think I've told anybody that before. Oh, yeah, this is something no. that, you, that, you might, that you might be a bit familiar with. Oh, <laughs> like it's fucking 1942 <laughs> and all the, all the curtains are drawn in a pub. Oh, um, bless you. Bless yes. you. What is she chewing? I don't, I don't know. You're in the way. You're a lovely door, but you're in a terrible window. We've talked about... Um, what? Uh, we've talked about the time-travelling bigamist in Goodnight Sweetheart. Definitely. I think he has come up. Um, quite a while ago. Have we talked about the potential for a sequel where um, his wife discovers this and goes back and then fucks his past girlfriend uh, under his nose? As a sort of time-travelling cockold situation. Um, no, I don't think so. No, fair enough. I like. Let, let's not really. It was a really weird show. I'd. It was so weird. The whole concept of it. I'd probably, if I had the ability to go back to the Second World War, I like to think, I'd use that power for something marginally more worthy than getting my end away with a barmaid. In I the mean, past. I guess nothing wrong with being a barmaid. But, like... What is she doing? That's the sound of Unither Cat chewing something. Is that one of her crinkle balls? That's a crinkle ball. That's allowed. Oh, right, crinkle fine. ball. Oh, crinkle ball. Crinkle ball. Um, I'd be, but there's, like, a thing of, like, oh, changing history and all that, though, isn't there? Like, oh, how if you change history too much... Apparently the... Um, we have all played 
Day of the Tentacle. Mm, the Stephen King novel, 112469, or... When nice. did... Nice. Uh, when, was, when did Kennedy pop? Um... Anyway, it's the, that date. I was going to come up with a joke date, but... 63, wasn't it? Was it 64? Oh, shit. Was it 63? That's a point. Um, the inventor of Pop-Tarts died this week. Uh, I was going to try and record an know, episode... I didn't know they were invented. What, you think they, like you just no, harvest them? Just or like of... somebody cracked a rock open one and found one? It feels one. like ice cream. It feels like one of those things that just sort of emerged. I think Dave Bulmer's uncle wrote the song Little Donkey. I thought you were going to say like Dave Bulmer's uncle invented ice cream then. He did. <laughs> um, That's quite cool. The inventor of Pop-Tarts. Little donkey, little donkey. That was one on the recording. Here's something you might all be a bit familiar with. Uh, but yes, the Stephen King novel about somebody trying to stop Kennedy's assassination. And that's one of those things where like, it gets back to the present. You're like, oh no, I've made... <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, I'm sort of, providing a music bed. The mournful mouth trumpet sound bed. <laughs> yeah. I saw the mournful mouth trumpet sound bed at the Brixton Astoria in 2000 and... Knuckles. <laughs> with, that, with that shawl and the knitting... Do, and the... do, 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 do. See, this is <laughs> approaching unlistenable. <laughs> Never mind for the listeners How at home or, or wherever How they are, you? but for just me as a man Bethlehem. with it. <laughs> Search through those bins tonight. <laughs> You're right, it's the wrong time of year for Christmas songs. Um, okay. Hymns that you'd sing in, in school. Yeah. Uh, the top three, which which would be ruined with a rap breakdown in the middle. Um, I mean, most of them would be improved. Do you reckon? Let's be honest. I had a hammer, a hammer in the morning, a hammer in the evening, a hammer all over this land. You can't touch this. Shit. Yeah, I, exactly. Uh, okay. Fuck. I told you, you can't touch this. There you go. They've already, it's already been done. Um, Lord of the Dance. For some reason, I've had that in my head for the last couple of days. Mm. Dance then, whatever you may be. I am the Lord of the Dance. What was the thing that we used to say? So hit the floor and praise your Lord. Everyone oh, gonna get God. round and adored. He's the... Oh. <laughs> oh, I can feel my entire body just... Oh. Wow, so you oh. didn't... Oh, you it's did. so excruciating. Oh, no, What's a, youth, excruciating? a youth pastor sitting backwards on a chair. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. What, okay. was the, what was the thing that you, like, would be sung instead of Lord of the Dance? I am the... What? Like, there was the, something else. Oh, like is this a, your humorously No, rude? it's just... Well, I mean, like, lots of kids did, you know. It's like how you would sing, um, you know... And did those feet in ancient times bust out some sick Christian rhymes? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> like how you would sing, you know, for while shepherds wash their socks by night, all seated no, on the ground. This is your mad of... magazine rude yeah. attempts at... While watching BBC, the Angel of the Lord came down and switched to ITV and so on. It was not rude. It was just what you, you know... Just what you'd sing. It's times were different sing. then. Can't do it anymore times because of different. woke. But, like, um, what was it? I don't know. 
Was it Probably like Lord the Lord of the Pants. Of the pants I think it might have been yeah. Lord of the Pants. Yeah. Pants <laughs> then, wherever you may be, I am the Lord of the Pants, and he. Yeah, there we go. Very high. <laughs> and I'll wear you all, wherever you may be, and I'll wear you all. On my bum, you see. On my bum, you see. There we are. That's great. And there was always, I know, I'm sure we've mentioned this, or it has been mentioned at some point, but the, um, possibly on your stream, um, but the one that I was like, um, it ended with, uh, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King. But like there would always be a few a like receptionists and you ones going, Oh king Oh and they realised they were like the only ones. Every single time. The junior school would have a um what's the word? An assembly that would begin with uh a head teacher saying, uh, good morning uh, whatever's and then on the movement to the big school, right. when the person would be like, "Good morning," and then again there'd be like a, a smattering of the, the little of ones, the very new ones going, "Good morning." Oh, oh no! Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, we didn't have that in our big school, but like, um, well, we some of the littlies did. What were your teachers called? Don't list them by name. What do you mean? Like Miss, Mom, Sir, Mister, just Mister or Mister Blinkus, just Misses or Mister. We didn't have like Miss or Sir, Sir, just, sir never, and Mom, mate. No, I thought you went did. to a posh school. Yeah, I did we? Didn't we? It was just you know Mrs. So and So, or you know you just address them by their name. Oof, that's very cool. Not in their first name, but you know the okay their surname. Um, in the sixth form, actually, um, Mrs. Harrison, who was an amazing English teacher. Um, wanted us to start calling her Sherry, which was her name. But then she was like told, no, you can't do that. Really? Um, which, you know, we were all a bit like, that's ridiculous. And she sort of said, you know, do it quietly in the classroom. But that was nice. Sixth form was great for that, you know, because like you, you, you want to be there. Was your know? sixth form part of your school or yes. was it like a separate sixth form? It was part of the school. Yeah. And we had like sixth form common rooms and everything, like, you know, lower six and upper six and all that. Yes. But yeah, it was part of the school. And I... most, most girls went on to the sixth form. I went through a period in sixth form of drinking tea in the sixth form common room with as much sugar as I could feasibly dissolve into it. And I don't know why. Um, it's because it people is, do weird things. It is a wonder that I managed to, like, translate to drinking tea without sugar. Um, yeah. What's, what's the kitten doing? Was that oh, just you no sort of yeah, looking around suspiciously sort of, on account of sounds? Just a general noise. Um, the um, I used to, in sixth form, um, I would get a lift to Horsford Station from either my dad or sometimes my mum who'd be going into work. Um, which was different to how I, you know, would normally have got into because we had to move house a good couple of times. Um, when I first started going to school, I used to get the bus. It was like a train minute bus. Um, but then I had to get the um, train to Horsworth. Um, Horsforth. And then it was just a couple of stops to Burley Park, and then I would walk from Burley Park to Burley Park. Was it full of muscular men? Lifting no, it was things? right in right in student land, um, in Headingley, and um, uh, I'd go past the co-op. Um, and um, would always make sure I had like you know forty five p or fifty five p or whatever it was for one of those like the posh pot noodle things that was not a pot noodle it was like a um, a different brand. Do you it remember was well tasty when and that'd be like my my mid morning were snack. advertised as being sexually promiscuous? The the slag of yeah. fast foods pot noodle. The I just slag I just of, had a real. Of, sense memory as well of like the state of my tea mug in the sixth form common mm. room like it would barely get washed it'd just be disgusting by the end of it 
Oh, why didn't I wash my mug? Because you were a grotty teenager. Grotty te- yeah, I was a grotty teenager. Yeah, we had quite comfy chat, and you would sometimes just like you'd, you'd go in and like find people having a sleep nice. on the chairs. You know, yeah, I remember. Isn't that funny how you remember these things? I remember the the smell of and the sound and the quality of the light, um, and the sound of like the main road outside and. Yeah, when the windows open. And the, I, yeah. the sixth form block was sort of on top of the science library. So mm. it was like a, a sort of large concrete rectangle where the first couple of floors were like, I think there was a... What are the, what are the, the people called that tell you what to do? Careers advisor type oh, yeah. boggins. There, there was his office. And then I think like some weird library stuff. And then the sixth form common room, which had like, yeah, a sort of calf bit, possibly a pool table. Um, we didn't. We just had kitchens. Just had kitchens. Yeah, we had a yeah. little kitchenettes with like a kettle and you know a microwave. Oh, I'll get you. Yeah, but it, it, it was. I've said this before. I must have done. But like looking back in retrospect, um, I'm quite surprised by how regressive my school was in some ways and progressive in others. And the thing that that makes me think, you know, about it being progressive was that we were basically treated like adults mm. from the time that we were about eleven. Um, so at lunch times we had an hour and a half for lunch, um, which was quite late. So lunch started at um, five past one, um, and then you literally had an hour and a half up until about half two, um, and then it was only two periods after lunch. And then you really? were, yeah. So we had everything from we started school like you know you had to be there for eight forty, and then Oof. first lesson I think was about five past nine. Each period was about thirty five minutes. So, you know, like when you're younger, you know, you'd, you'd have like single periods. But then for, you know, older classes, you'd have double, which is about an hour and ten. And we'd have four of those in the morning. Was it three or four? I can't remember. Um, we had three one, period blocks. Like two, three period, three yeah, period, three yeah. period. Um, and then we'd have an hour and a half for lunch. God, I occasionally dream about that time table. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I can still remember it. I can still remember it's all funny, the Funny, isn't it? Being yeah. like, oh no, I've got, the sound of the I've bell. got triple yeah. games. It's Wednesday evening, I've got triple games and I haven't brought my kit. Mm. Also, I'm 37. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Why am yeah, I here? Yeah. Why do I worry about Why being... Why am I wearing tra- uniform? I can just walk out of this and be like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on here, but yeah. I'm off. Um, yeah, and... Um, yeah, and then we, as I say, we only had one period after lunch and then we'd finish at 3.40, um, which was great. Um, so we got quite a lot done, but as I say, that hour and a half was amazing because we we could do what we wanted. Um, you you chose what you wanted to do, and you didn't get a bollocking if you chose not to do anything, you know. But but the, there were so many things on offer, and like at the beginning of every year, there was like a list of, and here's what you might want to do at lunchtime. So you know, like that's fun, isn't it? Yeah. So like in my in my very first year, me and a, a girl called Lana, we didn't we went like part of each other's face, you know, friendship groups. But we um, just decided we both fancied doing badminton. So we used to meet up once a week, you know, and go down to the sports hall and do badminton. Like like, like little grown-ups at the mm. age of 11. And we were just trusted to go down to the sports hall, you know, cross the road, go down to the sports hall, get changed in time, you know, and then the, the teacher would be there, obviously, you know, to run the club. And there'd be quite a few girls there from across the year groups. And you just have a badminton club and there'd be a little bit of, you know... I think it's teaching. called a racket. You'd be taught how to do it. Yeah, yeah very funny. <laughs> you know, and then we just play badminton. And then, you know, and then you'd be, because it was an hour and a half, as I say, you'd have time for lunch and then something else. Or you could, you know, get a little packed lunch and then have it after you'd done some sport. Or, you know, there was like choir, you'd go up to the musical centre, you'd have a little separate lunch there, a little packed lunch, and then have choir. I, I, I did school choirs, I did 
all kinds of things. There was like textile club where you could just do sewing. I did a load of stuff like that. It was knitting, IT. You could go to the IT room. On I was lunchtime. about to talk about sort of IT. Yeah, isn't it funny? We had a growing computer up, room. Growing up yeah. in the generation sort of where computers started becoming a thing. Because mm. like we had Oops. crunch in the modern language block. We had the language lab, which yeah. was a room where inside, like built into the desk, you have tape players. Or tape players. We had one of those and headsets, yeah. and yeah, it yeah. was like quite fancy yeah. because it's a series of benches with inbuilt tape players yeah, that and was you'd, considered you'd fancy yeah. yeah and then there were computers that you'd have a go on yeah and generally no slightly yeah. running more. windows 95 i think i've i think i've spoken well, before windows 3.1 about using a computer in the library and a librarian coming over and seeing that i had character map open and she was like that's a game you're playing a game character map what's this i was like no it just shows you what keys you're that you can and I, oh, the vindication I yeah. felt. Like, no, this isn't whimsy. This is nothing to do with games. We just installed games on it anyway. Oh, God, no, I know. <laughs> we no, hid I, them from the network I, operators because they didn't know what they were Yeah, doing. when I was in. Um, Analogue childhood, digital sort of. Yeah, know, digital yeah, teenage. Digital when when teenagers, I was yeah. in sixth form, I installed, I think, the original Grand Theft Auto and possibly Main <laughs> onto the network drives. Um, once in our two, our sort of form room was also our place to use, like, over lunch and stuff. I had some hazard tape. I don't know if I've mentioned this Oh, yeah, this we before. had a mini... In, in sixth form, we had a mini computer in for the sixth form. So I had hazard tape because my Messenger. mother sold tape to yes. industry, like, lots yeah. of different tape, and this was the sort of uh, yellow and black self-adhesive hazard tape. So at the start of lunch, or just before the start of lunch, I put a big cross of hazard tape over the TV, went out to get lunch, came back and a couple of other like people from my class were like sitting despondently in the room because they couldn't watch the TV and I took the hazard tape off and like put on whatever I wanted to put on which I think speaks from a a, a, a young age a sort of grasp of social engineering, engineering and um, <laughs> yeah. getting into places with a high-vis jacket yes. and a clipboard I I need to commit myself to yeah. doing some classes about like computer network security and just change my career completely yeah. And do that because I. Yeah, you'd enjoy I it. I think we, I'd be um, quite good at being like, "Hello, I'm here to fix the the phones. Can I come in? No, I don't have a pass. Don't don't check that. It's fine." Yeah, but um, yeah, whenever I see all the kids in the school nearby just standing out in the rain in the playground, I'm like, "That's miserable." That is, what the hell? These are like little grown ups. Don't make them do that. We never did. You could you could go outside. You know, we would often do that. We'd go for a walk in the grounds. You know, we just like get an apple or something from lunch and go and just, you know, look at the pond, go and have a little one. Get an apple genuinely, and look at the genuinely pond. we go we go for a little walk. <laughs> we'd we'd have a turn about the grounds. Oh, you know, these little little sort of twelve year old, thirteen year olds just having a little bodding walk. Bodding about. Yeah, bodding about. And and you know, well, if the- we could go to the library, you could go um you could go to your form room and just hang out unsupervised. You could just sit in your form room and and doss about, this and we co- did. This country in, hates its children. Yeah, sit do you, in do you remember the, in yeah, like sit, twenty. I, we used to sit in like one of the little 20. alcoves overlooking the hall where we had assembly, um, just for the whole like you know cute little alcove. No, not totally unsupervised. Do either doing some work or just sitting and talking bollocks. Five six. It was when, great. Like places started installing those mosquito oh, things. God, like, yeah. Uh, little units that emit high-pitched sounds that generally only people under the age of, like, 20 can hear in order to discourage loitering. And, like, if you don't have places for kids to go... They're just going to loiter. You've got to have loitering because kids need shit to do. And if they can't go home... And and I recognise just how lucky we were, actually. Growing up, it felt normal because that's what I was used to. And it's only afterwards when I've spoken to, like, other people who've, you know... 
who've told me about their experiences mm. and seen what it was like for myself. That I guess um, you were a I, teacher for a while. Yeah, I was a little while. Yeah, that I realised just how lucky we were, and it it made a huge difference as well. I think in our maturity because because we were treated like adults, we started behaving like them. Mm. Um, you know, so we'd we'd make those decisions for ourselves about what we wanted to do with our time, and because there were so many options, we'd go and do it, and it gives you a real kind of um, sense of autonomy yeah, enough and, autonomy and, to feel like yeah well i can use this i can yeah. waste it but also it's an opportunity it's, it's something nice for me for... to do yeah and and that's gone with me my, my entire adult life like just taking advantage of opportunities to do stuff because they're there i might as well um and i and, and I, I just so many all all children should have the access to those kinds of opportunities um yeah it, it it's again really sort of strikes me as um one of the very progressive things that my school did. There are a lot of mm. things that it did very poorly, but it's it's sort know. of the opposite of that terrible Miss Snuffles woman, like oh, that God. Britain's yeah. sternest head teacher nonsense, where like Birkin our children, our children yeah. aren't allowed to talk or piss, Awful. and that's good for them that because was it instills. If you needed to go to the loo during class, you just put your hand up and say, "Can I go to the loo?" Yeah. It's, no no supervision, no pass, no nothing. You just went, I, you were I, treated like an adult. I wonder if the sort of unwillingness for yeah. that is like, they're, they're like, there are always going to be people who will take take the piss when it comes to that sort of freedom. There'll always be people oh, yeah. who are like, I don't, I don't need this, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. In the same way that if but you had... But they were few and far between. That's because, it. If you had yeah. universal yeah. healthcare, if you had anything, or universal basic income rather, then yeah. you would have people who, who would doss about. You know, you would yeah. you will have people who yeah, yeah. take the piss with the benefit system. But the, num- the, the number majority. of people who do that are so, so small that to yeah. try and punish those people by preventing those what things from happening... was funny as well happening. was that it would become self... Like, we would become... Not, not self-policing, but sort of self... Um, I mean, obviously, like, you know, if someone was missing from class, then, you know, the teachers took it seriously. Of course they yeah. did. But if someone was, um, you know, like, oh, God... Just, you know, they were dicking about going to the loo. We would take it as like, you know, are you okay? And we would take it on ourselves hmm. to make sure that they were all right. Um, and it was genuinely, it was because because we we knew that we could do that. We didn't take the piss, hmm. if that makes sense. Because we were being expected to behave like adults. Therefore, we did. If if you if you treat children as children and expect them to behave as children, then they will behave as children. If you say to them, you know, you can't talk. When you wouldn't say that to adults, yeah. So don't say it to children. You, you can only use the toilet between these that's hours. Absolutely Fuck ridiculous. Off. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> no. Particularly for young girls. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's going. It's going to make people act out. You've, yeah, you've yeah. heard of the the notion of the free rider problem, where if oh, you have yeah. like a, a trolley or a train or a bus or whatever, yeah. occasionally you'll get people who jump on and skip paying a ticket, and yeah, so well, fine. That, Some of them can't afford it. That is absorbed yeah. into the ticket price of other people, and so it's I'm like, oh, we, pay it. we can't yeah. have you know free riders. We've got to try and work against that, and that sort of ignores the much bigger problem, certainly like in the United Kingdom, of like the free riders who are on top of everything, the people yeah. who like strip mine. The owners, the owners of the means of production. But, but yeah, We're like back to this again. The, the the people who own the train companies, like you know, the people who own the rolling yeah. stock and yeah, loan yeah. it out to the train companies and like strip away bits and bits and bits. And, Did you hear about Body you... Shop Go possibly on. going under? No, um, which is incredibly irritating because I love a lot of their products. Um, and um, I was like, I thought they were doing all right. You know, they're a reasonable high street chain. Of course, they've been taken over by private equity. 
It's like the company that made Disco Elysium produced this incredible game and then sacked a dickload of the writers and, you know, started trying to churn something out worse. And it's this... I mean, it's fucking Musk and Twitter, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, the the, the notion of like, ah, oh, someone might no get something for nothing. Anymore. First of all, who gives a shit on who the small cares? scale? Yeah. Secondly, look at the big scale where people are getting something for nothing, where people who are fabulously wealthy are making interest on vast amounts of money yeah. and you're focusing on benefit fraud. You're focusing on people who, like, incorrectly say that they... What? Well, yes. Is that... Oh. The man who steals the goose from off the common, etc., etc. What about it? Have you not heard that rhyme? What is no. it? Apparently? Let me see if I can What's, find it. Is am, it... I, am I going to have to talk into the microphone while you Google something? Possibly. But let me... Um, man who steals goose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man who steals goose. Man who steals goose. The goose and the common. Oh, the union song, yes. The law locks up the man or woman who steals the goose from off the common, but leaves the greater villain loose who steals the, the common, common from, from the off goose. the goose. Mm. Yes. Well, it's like that um, dictionary of tramp and hobo slang that I mm. bought. Hobos, notoriously not a big fan of work. In the back of this book, there's a bunch of different hobo songs, you big rock candy mountains and so on. Mm. And one of the songs is specifically about the type of man who is a weasel against the union and supports the bosses rather than the unions. And, like, these guys are hobos. These are people who are like, no, I don't want anything to do with, like, the way that work is structured. I'm going to panhandle, maybe rob... And occasionally, you know, like, just work for my food. And even they had songs about, like, well, yeah, but don't fucking... Don't support bosses instead of the unions. Like, (laughs) don't be an idiot. I've got... All of my stuff lives in a handkerchief, and I'm more lice than man. I know that unions are good. (laughs) Yeah. There's a a sort of element, I think, of... um, A lot of people kind of take for granted that the way things are is an... In sort of fixed, a, a fixed. Uh, I was about to say in in, in in intransigent. Is that the word? Not intransient. I'm thinking of transients there. In, um, oh, it was there for yeah, a second. Yeah. Do you know the word I mean? Mm. A sort of immutable. Yes. Um, kind of um way of doing things, but the vast majority of stuff is is just a social construct. Yeah. There's no reason why we can't do something else except that. The status quo benefits the people, the people who own the biggest six. Yes, the, the the man who has stolen the common from off the goose. I think part of the problem I'm is back to raising my red flag again. We often fall into this. Yes, this, on, this hole, but the, for good reason. The old um, government yeah. monopoly on violence. Yeah. I think for a long time, the person who stole the common from the goose had maybe access to like a bunch of people with sticks and. Um, pitchforks, but mm. also the people who lived around the common had the same sticks and pitchforks. But now that balance is wildly skewed. Well, yes. And so it's it's much more difficult to you know, like when the Danes ate their prime minister. It's more difficult. Did the Danes to... eat their prime minister. Yeah, it's when? not like it's not an ongoing thing. When? Well, I, well, talk, talking to the talking to the microphone. What about the Danes eating? You can't just say it's like the, when the Danes ate their prime minister and then not, you know. Did they actually? No, the Dutch. That Apologies. doesn't make it Sorry. like better. Um, apparently, on August the 20th, 1672, the Dutch Prime Minister was brutally murdered. His killers then cooked and ate his body. Wow. Yeah. Goodness. So, you know, it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine this being replayed in court as we're standing there in suits. Um, I'll admit, Your Honour, this sounds worse. <laughs> 
but also it's nice to um, inspire tasty. people. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, you can. You you can. There's all kinds of things you can. There's all kinds of things you can question. do. Yeah. So we went to Sheen today to look around some charity well, it was shops. Very nice. I had a um, nice time. We had a pub lunch. We did. It was lovely. We saw some dogs. We saw some really good, good Pomeranians. We went into um, a lovely Polish shop and a lovely sort of Italian delicatessen. Oh, yeah. We saw a variety of very good-looking things in jars, basically, like interesting pickled and preserved items, objects. I fucking love a nougat. Mm. I used to, when my mum, during the summer holidays or when I was sort of off sick from school, I'd go with my mum while she did deliveries to, like, various... Like Gilbert Curry Industrial Plastics, you know, places like that, um, dropping off boxes of self-adhesive tape. And I would occasionally get Good Boy Sweets, which was a box of fingers of nougat. And I don't know what kind of nougat it was, and as a result, I've never been able to reclaim no. it. I could feasibly ask my mum, oi mother, what was that nougat? But it was it was the perfect noug. Oh, excuse me. Oh, it's Yawncast. It is. Well, it is quite late. Is it? Yeah. No, it's not quite late. I'm listening to this on my morning run. What time is that? Well, no, because people will write in if it if it's not oh, five, six minutes nine. past nine when they listen to this. Fair enough. They'll be livid. We Why should probably slightly... talk about Garfield. Are you sure? It's only been 52 minutes. Really? Mm. Oh, my goodness. That went quite quickly. Yeah, time flies when yeah. you're doing whatever this is. Podcast. Should we have a word from our sponsor? Yeah, sure. Go on, then. Oh, it's your turn. <laughs> No, I called your bluff. Well, now I'm calling yours. I'm doing a double uh, Have you seen a Dracula in a social setting? I have, yeah. If so, mm. you may be entitled to um, compensation. Oh, what kind of compensation? Um, the compensation of... Oh, no, look at that. Of looking at no. some oh, wool. Oh, that's vexing. Oh, no. You've got a little tangle in the middle of my sock. Right Never up. mind. That's fine. Socked I'll that just, right yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be all right. Um, it hasn't cocked. It'll be fine. Um... Yes, the um, uh, compensation of um, talking to someone about your poor fashion sense because Dracula was dressed much better than Oh, you. so the, the, the horror in seeing a Dracula is not, oh no, everything, everything I knew about humanity is fundamentally wrong. There is a, a race it's, of the walking dead that live amongst us. There's a very, very well-dressed man. It's just like that man's got some really natty duds that he hasn't shat in. And um, I'm now fraught as a result. Why does a Dracula wear evening dress? To cross to the other road. Is it? Was it a thing in Dracula? It's been a while since I've read Dracula. I don't think I've ever read it. You're not? No. It's an epistolary novel. It's a series of blog posts. Yeah. Dear Diary. Hello, Life Journal. Today, <laughs> I saw a right manky blog who was sleeping in a big box full of mud. Urgh. Hit that like and subscribe. <laughs> Hey everybody, what? it's uh, me, Van Helsing here. <laughs> oh no, don't! Someone's probably done it. Actually, it could be done well. Um, <laughs> as a, it has been done, hasn't it? A series of blog posts as a horror story. It's been uh, done on a more than of one occasion. Posts. I think a series of YouTube updates of from Mina Harker and from Van Helsing, Van Helsing. and yeah. who was the spod that was writing Dracula? Don't say Bram Stoker. Who was like? Who was sending those letters? I don't know. Oh. Oh? No. No? Okay. No. What Victor was Frankenstein doing? Just hanging out. Eating like, bugs. Eating bugs. Just miscellaneous, like, to and fro in. Yeah. Dog's body stuff. I always get 
when I say Renfrew, I always think of the one in um, the Mel Brooks. Dead and loving it. Dracula, yeah. Was that the one where Leslie Nielsen yes. was Dracula? Leslie Nielsen, yes. Mm. You've seen the Gary Oldman one with Keanu Reeves? Yes. Yes. That's a, that's a good drag. With the floating vampires. I want to watch the Nicolas Cage Renfield movie where Nicolas Cage is, is Dracula. Nicolas Cage. And I want to say, who was the man that was Nux in Mad Max? Possibly Ooh. also a Nicolas. Nicholas oh, Holt? Nicholas Holt, yeah. Yeah. And he is Renfield. Um, I would like to see that. Also on Netflix, which I'd like to watch with you, is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is the Nicolas Cage film about being Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I like Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he seems to he seems to have a good time. Yeah. When he did Ghost Rider, he had to have his actual Ghost Rider tattoos covered up in order to play Ghost Rider. That's quite cool. I like a Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for him. Very good. Somebody described him as like a Brechtian screen actor. and because He's he, quite Brechtian, actually. Like most yeah. actors are very naturalistic and, and yeah. not exactly method, but very like naturalistic. Yeah. And so it's uncommon to see different types of acting he on screen. He is very Brechtian. And I think there's a there's an element of that to Nicolas Cage. He was That's brilliant in the Color Out of yeah. Space. Oh, like that it, was a fabulous like a well film. cast role. It was a fabulous film, and I don't normally enjoy a horror film, particularly like a kind of body horror of that nature. Um, but something about a um, an unknowable, mm. like I didn't I didn't think I'd enjoyed the thing that much, but I did. Um, did we watch the thing together? Yeah, we did. When was that? Yeah, yeah, that ages ago. Years ago. A, a couple of years ago, not that long ago. Are you sure? Yeah, because I hadn't seen it up until relatively Bloody recently. Nora. Um, but yeah, because I because I just like I didn't want to see it because you know I'd seen some pictures gross. from it and it was gross and horrible. But actually, um, it it does have that kind of it is it is almost a strange making effect. It's not Brechtian, but it is strange making in that um, it's so surreal and there's something about the. Um, the cosmic horror element that I find fascinating. I love those stories that, that reverse story, yeah. Yeah. reverse the horror. So yeah, like the yeah the short story that someone wrote from the perspective of the thing. Mm. My which, name's Gustav the Thing. Well, it, it just kind of it arrives on Earth and it's you know, it's like a crashed spaceship or something and it, it's dormant and it's um uh, it's an ambassador for um you know a collective consciousness uh, and it and it wants to what is it like to commune. And, and for it, the you know the act of merging with something with an entity is a is a, a sort of sacred thing, you know. And and the act of communing, of becoming one with the the entity, is you know. And it can't understand how these these terrible individual lives. How do they survive without the knowledge and the security of you know the one You're behind it? Yeah, of being part of the collective. I, I think if it had asked first, it would have had a better time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. that's but I think problem. I think the whole story was that it was like it was trying to survive and trying to communicate, and you know, and, yeah. and it was it's a fabulous retelling, um, and I, I love that idea of you know from the color out of space as well. There was a story I thought I think I, I saw about how, you know, we, it's portrayed as this terrible malevolent cosmic horror, but actually if you flip it on its head and, and it's imagine it as an infant, or as a you know a, a juvenile of its kind. Um, and it it doesn't understand what it's doing, and it it's frightened, and it wants to go home. The woke mob saying that Frankenstein is the victim. Well, yes, but yeah, if you, if you kind of imagine it as a as a thought exercise in that in that way, and you 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 the strange making of humanity itself, you know, it sort of reverses everything, and you know, you see human humans in the negative. Um, in the sense of you know a, a photographic negative, which I I, I really like that conceit. Um, of using something un- unknowing or unknowable 
something like capital A alien. Capital A alien again. Rather we're, than we're like back, green dealy boppers. We're back to the sublime. We're back to you know Burke's idea of the monstrous sublime, <laughs> which I know I've yammered on about here. But again, Burke. I'm reading. I'm reading more China Meoville, so I'm I'm reading the Burst Lang trilogy and that whole um, you know book about Neocrobizon and as as the kind of mongrel entity and how everything in that is a mishmash and you know the the sum is is. Greater built, than the, a city the built like parts. among yeah. these giant rib bones. Yes, yeah, it's sort of almost like a, a, a city as a palimpsest, and things are literally and figuratively written one atop the other. Um, yeah, interesting things. Again, it's sublime. It's the sublime monstrous. Speaking of the monstrous. Anyway, sublime. yes. Uh, mm, mm? We better get on with it, I suppose. No, I was talking about the two hosts of this podcast: yes. the monstrous and the sublime. Hey, yay! Um, Panel one. Yes. John is talking to Lyman, for it is he. It's a Lyman comic. That's the... It's a Lyman one. It's a Lyman one. His tash is rather big. He is living here in John's home, it seems. I don't know where I'm going with that. His Um, best friend is a pig. Whose best friend is a pig? I don't know. Mine. Oh. Hey. Oh, what? Mm, yeah, mm. Actually, yeah. yeah. That's quite a compliment. I like pigs. Mm. Very intelligent. Yeah. Please describe the first panel. I don't want to. Cats make better pets, says... Now, here's the thing. John Arbuckle, actively endorsing the existence of Garfield mm. here. Over 90 comics, we have seen that Garfield is, I would argue, and I think it is fairly safe to argue, not a great pet. Like it's it's good to have a certain degree of independence with a pet, but there's a sort of malevolent, scornful independence to Garfield that I don't think would make a particularly satisfying companion. Garfield is malevolent. Did I? And increase my Lyman replies, "But you need a dog for protection." They're sitting super close. They're sitting sitcom close, where you need to frame them in shot next to each other. And so they're sitting yeah. closer than two people ever would. This is uncomfortable. This like, is knees touching. Unnecessarily intimate. Outra- and so Lyman's yeah. raising a finger. John's, um, his legs are crossed, or there's the suggestion of crossed legs. His hands on his knees. His hands sort of clasped together. One of his fingers is just going off doing his own thing. Lyman is raising a finger to me, and like, oh, but you need a dog for protection. And then panel two, quite like John's face in this. Yeah. Uh, panel two, the foreground, is Odie the dog, for it is he. Um, two feet, two front feet down, two back feet directly horizontal Pairing with his body. across the floor. Bless you. Bless knees. Um, big zoom lines, and behind him, with feet in similar positions, so front feet down, um, back feet with the soles facing forwards, basically sort of suggesting tremendous forward momentum, his mouth wide open, teeth row upon row razor sharp teeth real bad you can't see his eyes like his mouth is wide open it is is Garfield Garfield. chasing after Odie big big movement lines um, like dust being kicked up John is sort of leaning over a little bit his eyes are quite open um, to watch what's going on uh, Lyman is leaning forwards with what looks like shock he's got sort of brackets around his eyes I don't know if this is supposed to suggest that he's so shocked his eyebrows have gone sideways possibly and I don't know if that's ever happened if it's happened to you listeners let us know Mm. Uh, he's leaning forward to look and they're both watching the fact that the dog is being chased by the furious cat Mm. 
Panel 3. Um, John sits back. He's reclining in his chair, his hands clasped once again, looking dead at the viewer, uh, while Lyman sobs in his chair, head in his hands. I hate to see a grown man cry, thinks John at the viewer. Yeah, that's it really, isn't it? Um... I don't not have the, anything to say about this. Not, Although, the, no. not the best punchline. No. I like John's face. Yeah, I think the that's, that's, is like, right. that's genuinely some good, like, yeah. kind of look. The, the, third, um, the third sort of deadpan look um, is a bit cliched, but it's, it's tolerable. You know, it's relatively well done. It's fine. Um, Garfield looks very scary. It's one of the frightening Garfields. We've not had a yeah. Frafield for a while. We've not actually. No, and I wonder our if life Jim, has been richer for Jim it. Davis stopped doing frightening Garfields, like just on Jim, principle. Please, we're getting letters. Yeah, the Garfields. It's too scary. Mm. Uh, right, there's 22 comments. Oh God. Um, Garfield sure is chasing Odie. Poor Odie. He looks so afraid. Lyman didn't like to see Garfield chasing his dog. It's Lyman. I wonder what happened to him. Ha ha, Garfield makes a great guard cat. Yep. Uh, a Bible verse from somebody or something adjacent to yep. a Bible verse, possibly with ha ha, no, he's just a cat. Um, something about Shakespeare from Vulu the Face Borrower. Oh, no, that was, uh, my, that was my money on oh, was the, it? Uh, okay, the, the Bible, Bible verse. verse. Right. Well, let's have a look. Do, 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 view do, the do, comments. Do, do. Hang on. Little donkey. Thank you. Uh, awesome 9802, 14 years ago or thereabouts, says, Go Cats! Uh, DRGU1290, almost 14 years ago, says, Cats rule. Me underscore again says, I have a dog that acts like a cat. Ellipsis. Well, good for you. <laughs> K Parithi over 13 years ago, says, LOL. German visitor, today, John would be the one crying. Why? Because of woke. There is a reply. I think this is going to be a Vula over face borrower reply. It is. it is. So true. Thank you for giving me this light upon my... Thank you for giving me this light upon my mind thoughts. You should consider becoming a premium member. Join me. It's great here. Garf it up. Don't garf it up. That's what I say. Don't, Don't garf, garf it, it up, up. baby. Garf it up. Odie ain't a good example. And Lyman proves to be mentally challenged. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't... I do not I think, care if for anything, that it, it's good and healthy for yeah. a man to cry. Yeah. That's important. When he sees his dog being chased by a cat yeah. uh, that Derek, we all know is a malevolent force. Derek is for God, says cats rule with three exclamation mm -hmm. marks, uh, much like uh, DRGU1290, but with two extra exclamation marks. Flying ace over 11 years ago, dogs beat cats any day of the week. Odie is not a real dog. Is he is beaten by a cat? Presumably as he is beaten. Initially, I thought Odie is not a real dog was going to touch upon cats. Garfield is not a cat. No, no. Transgression. But no, he's. this is a masculinity thing, mm. I think. Angel Princess 72, go Garfield. Uh, Luco457 says, I like cats, though I have a stupid allergy to them. Arg! You New have an allergy to our cats, don't you? Very slightly, yes. Yeah. New Orleans Saints says, poor Lyman. Garfan900 over four years ago says cats rule R-O-O-L mm. uh, I prefer dogs Yep. I prefer what's that from? Oh and there's five replies from that I prefer I prefer Sting, it's from Beastenders um, That was Boxo Croco says happy derby, there are five replies uh, Immediately that same person replies but that's just my opinion, clearly trying I'm to very, head off yeah. at the past, the yeah. absolute Onslaught of shit this person yeah. has brought on himself. Themselves. Who knows? Pets of the Comics says, listen, you honk. 
Oh, is that like a... Is that like a censor? A censor noise, maybe. Yeah. Listen, you honk. Cats are good to have if you're lazy or if you're too honk. Sad from a breakup. Remember this, you little honk, honk, honk. Wow, that's needlessly aggressive. Calm down. Cats rate number two on my list of pets. Okay, <laughs> says Boxo Croco, says Happy Derby, about three years ago. So the first comment was about four years ago. This is about three years ago. There's this is a, an a ongoing slow burn beef. Uh, pets of the comics replies, better. Mm. Uh, followed up with, winky face, no more green haired kid, BGHK. Cats are my favourite. I'm sinophobic. Sinophobic. No, no, that means you don't like the Chinese. No, si- yes, yeah, sinophobic means you don't like the Chinese. Oh, I was from because it was C Y N, so I was going sign, like cyan. But no, you're right, sinophobia. Yes. S-I- okay, fine. Oh no, it's sinophobia over- is the overwhelming fear of dogs. This person might also not like the Chinese. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say. Good lord. Co- what? Cookie thirteen seventy one says cat power. Fluffy LHM says what? Lyman is evolving. Congratulations, your Lyman evolved. Into a cryman, like a cry man. Uh... You know what? It's not good, but it's something new. At least it's something. It's taking from a different franchise, and Lyman is very similar to Cryman. Cryman so... sounds like a Hideo Kojima character. I'm Cryman. I mean, I'm sad cryman. Snake, you've got to listen to sad cryman. My powers are because of crying. My god, what's he gonna do? I'm excited about Death Stranding too. (laughs) Um, Okay, these are two of these are real Hideo Kojima characters. Yeah. And one is not. Is this the game we're playing? Is not. Okay. Shoot Gunner. Right. Hot Coldman. <laughs> Die Hardman. I genuinely don't know. At first I was like, so I think Shoot Gunner is one. I think that's that's a Kojima character. What was the second? Hot, Hot Coldman. Hot Coldman. Mm. Is Hot Coldman the non-Kojima one? Um, actually, shit, Shoot Gunner might have also been real. Yeah, sorry, Shoot... <laughs> they were all real. Shoot Gunner, Hot Coldman, and Die Hardman. Oh, okay, dear. which of those was right. not a Metal Gear character? Hot Gunner. That's not No, wait, Shoot Gunner. Shoot Gunner was from the first Metal Gear game. Okay. So you've got a choice between oh. Hot Coldman or Die Hardman. Hot Coldman. Hot Coldman was from Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> I think Peace Walker. <laughs> Die Hardman was from Death Stranding. Oh my god. Kojima Fuck, I love video games. Please. Uh, cats don't protect you, they only protect themselves, says Fat Cat Animations over one year ago. The police will never help you. You can only trust your fists. I think that's what um, Streets of Rage tells you. You can only trust you. But it's also something awful forums uh, avatar, which I like. The police will not help you. You can only trust your fists. Well, well, I think we've learned a lot. I think we have. Thank you for listening. Awful lot about Hideo Kojima. I don't like Mondays. We've learned about the Monster Mash. We've learned about how you should not treat children 
badly. Yeah. And should in fact just treat we should in fact adults seize the means of production and, and give them respect. Yeah. Yeah. You should eat a prime minister. Um, possibly. Yeah. In Minecraft. Uh, and we've learned about Frankenstein's. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support the show at patreon.com slash IDLM podcast. I think that was right. Yeah. Patreon.com slash IDLM podcast. That's it. Chuck us a couple of quid a month. Helps keep the lights on. And that's kind. You also don't have to. It would be weird if you did, like a sinister sort of obligation. It would be weird. You don't have to. This Um, is not an insurance racket. What would be helpful, and what is an insurance racket, is leaving us ratings or reviews on Apple Podcasts and Podcast Addict, or telling your friends, saying like, hey, I listen to a podcast that's sort of about Garfield, but has also helped me better understand my mental health. Um, (laughs) I became diagnosed with a neurological disorder because of a podcast. Not necessarily a disorder, but like a neurotype. (laughs) I found something fundamental about myself because of a Garfield podcast, and you should too. That's what you should say to other people. Go to your local ice cream man, and while he's making you an ice cream, say, hey, have you listened to I Don't Like Mondays, the internet's favourite husband and wife Garfield unedited podcast? And he'll say... Do you want a flake or what not? What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, you can email us, idlmpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you could not. Again, there's not. You don't yeah, have to. You don't it have would to. be really weird. I fancy that. Should we have another cup of tea? Maybe. And oh, then, like, decaf. in half an hour, go to bed. Yeah. Have cool. we got any ice cream or anything? Yeah, we might do, actually. We might I think do. we've got a couple of. Because I've got a really sore mouth. Oh, no. I might just suck on a nice have, cube for a bit. Have sore mouth. It really hurts. Is the Metal Gear Solid character off. who. I bit, I bit into something incredibly hot. Who earlier. ate something yeah. too hot. And now my mouth. he's trying to take over Paraguay with a new kind of Metal Gear. Have sore mouth. Mouth Hotman. Yeah, Mouth Hotman. I was going to go with Have Sore Mouth, but that's... Mouth Roof Hot. Mouth Roof Hot Mouth. Roof. Roof Hot Mouth. Roof Hot Mouth. <laughs> Colonel, what the hell's going on? Snake, your mission is simple. Roof Hot Mouth has burnt the upper palate of his mouth on a burger that he bit into with too much gusto. Find the target and neutralize him. Mm, the burger. <laughs> How does it taste? Yes. Right, Catherine. Yes. Thank the listeners for listening. Thank you for listening. It's been lovely to spend some time with you. It's been lovely to spend some time with you. Oh, I like what? these podcasts. It's nice, isn't it? It's Talk, nice. Talking Let's to your spouse. Before we, good. before we started, I was like, oh, I'm a bit tired. It's been a long day. It's quite late on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I want to play Helldivers. And then, and then it was like, oh, no, yeah. actually. Yeah, it's quite nice talking nice. to the person that yeah. I chose to get the government involved in my relationship yeah. with. Yeah, like... Yeah. You're quite funny. That's pretty good. And you, you entertain me. Oh, that's nice. Snake, your target is you entertain me. The jester oh of Paraguay. <laughs> what do you think about Monday's wife? I think they are an eerie sight. Mm-hmm.